a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm your guest host, Amy Donaldson. And I'm Steve Handy, and we are going to have so much fun here. We're going to talk to uh, Representative Joe Walsh. Yeah. Is he on the line? I am. Guys. There you are. Hello yes, there, Representative. Yes. Good to hear from you. You. Uh, I have we, to say I've been very yes. excited about this. We we drew yeah. the lucky straw subbing uh, today because I am a huge Twitter follower fan of yours. <laughs> um, one of the more reasonable people on Twitter. Um, but, but tell us a little bit about, I mean, why you decided to actually run for president. Because you were originally a supporter of President Donald Trump, and you've slowly sort of fallen, uh, become more and more critical of him. But um, you announced on yeah. August 25th that you were going to seek the Republican nomination. Um, that means there's three of you now because Massachusetts uh, Governor Bill Weld is also, or former governor, I guess, uh, he's also um, going to challenge the president. Um, it's definitely tilting at windmills. What, w- what was your thinking? Uh, and it's good to be with you both. Look, I, uh, I'm very clear and blunt about why I am challenging Donald Trump. And it's not an easy thing to say, but I say it. Uh, I think he's unfit to be president. Um, I, I think we have a horrible human being in the White House and my God, America, we ought to do better than this. I mean, just look at this morning. Uh, it's the 18th anniversary of 9-11. Uh, and the president of the United States wakes up and he goes on a Twitter storm, a tweet storm, tweeting about himself, about fake news and how the polls and the media are unfair to him. He does all of that on this morning. Uh, the morning of, of, of the 9-11 anniversary. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just tired of him. I think most Americans are. I actually think most Republicans are. We're just way better than this guy. Well, at what point, I mean, what was the tipping point? Because originally you you were a supporter, right? Yeah. Am I ra- wrong that you endorsed him or are you... No, you're right, Amy. And and I was never a real enthusiastic supporter. He Mm -hmm. actually blocked me on Twitter during the 2016 campaign. You were blocked? I I was. Wow. (laughs) I I think I was one of the first people he blocked during the 2016 campaign because I would criticize him. Look, I voted for him not because I loved him or liked him. He wasn't Hillary. Mm-hmm. I just figured he's a blowhard, he's a goof, maybe he'll appoint a couple good people, and a couple good things will happen. I realized pretty quickly after he got elected, and this is a real problem, that virtually every time he opens his mouth, he tells a lie. Now, I don't care what your politics are, but none of us should allow that. And then the final straw, if there was a final straw, was last July, July of 18, when Trump stood in front of the world in El Sinki and next to Putin, and he said, I believe Putin and not my own men and women. That was an incredible act of disloyalty. That was it as far as I'm concerned. 
And so at what point did well, you think uh, a presidential run was the answer? <laughs> that's, Amy, that's another really good question, because let me tell you, I've never run for president before. <laughs> this is a pain in the butt. Oh I thought God. you were getting out of politics. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, here's the deal. Like, I've been waiting all year for a Republican to step up to say what I said, because I don't think this is about the issues. I'm against the debt, and this president doesn't care about the debt. I'm against tariffs, and this president loves tariffs. But this is not about any issue. This is about Trump, who he is as a human being. And I've been waiting for a Republican all year to step up and to say what I just told you, that he's unfit. I wrote an op-ed in the New York Times about a month and a half ago pleading with my Republican Party, somebody step up and say this. Nobody did, and so I did at the end of August. Well, let, me, let me ask you, Joe. I mean, there's been certain people like uh, in our neighboring state of Arizona, Senator Flake, you know, and he was driven out of office uh, over yeah. his criticisms of the of the president. Uh, you are not in office uh, currently, but but right. uh, there's a there's a fair amount of retribution. I mean, I I I like what what I'm hearing you say. He's a Republican as well. We should I'm a say. Republican as well. I serve <laughs> in the, the Utah legislature here. Yeah. But uh, it is uh, extremely disconcerting. So uh, take us down this, down this road a little bit more, Joe. Take us down this road a little why, bit more. Why don't the Republicans speak Yeah, why out? don't they? If, they? if there is this discontent in the party, why don't well, I mean, Mitt Romney's one of our junior – he's our junior senator now, you know, and he's kind of walks yeah. a fine line. And, and you know what? Uh, sometimes I want to – I love Mitt Romney. I want to whack him upside the head. Quit walking <laughs> that fine line. Quit – you know what? And I, I won't say this about Mitt Romney because he does speak out every now and yes, then. I he wish does. he'd speak out more. Virtually every Republican, all of my former colleagues, virtually every Republican in the House and the Senate, I'm telling you what, they agree privately with what I say publicly about Trump. They know he's unfit. They know he lies. They know he's incapable of thinking about anybody but himself. They're afraid to say anything publicly because they're afraid of a Trump tweet, and then they're afraid of a primary challenge. They're afraid of losing their office. And one other point that's really important, they all think Trump's going to lose in 2020. And, and, And Mitt Romney and these guys, they want Trump to lose. They'll never tell you that, but they do, because then they think they can be rid of him and the grand old party can come back. I think that's crazy. I think if the Republican Party doesn't stand up now against this guy and say this is not who we are, we're better than this, I fear the Republican Party may never rebound from what Trump has done. Uh, Joe, we only have about a minute left, but I want to know what you think it's going to take, because the Republican Party is the party I grew up. That's the party of my childhood and my young adulthood. And I feel like it at some point it left the rails from what I grew up believing in. It was a, it was a, you know, they cared about fiscal responsibility and small government. And I just see nobody cares about fiscal responsibility or, and we just want government everything. So how does the Republican party go back to those roots or does it need to go back to those roots? Or what do you see as the future for the, for the party? I'm, I'm very, I'm very pessimistic about the future because remember the Republican party was really weak before Trump which is why a jerk like Trump could get elected. So by the time I went to Congress in 2010, I'm like you, Amy, I was concerned about limited government and the debt, and the Republican Party in 2010 didn't care anymore about limited government and the debt. Maybe uh, my hope is, my only hope is, 
that this guy in the White House is so bad and he's so not who we are that it will cause some sort of really grand reaction. A, a big rebound or something, Joe. A rebound, that's what I mean, yeah. A, a rebound, right, where we're almost shocked into getting back to our original roots. That's my hope, and that's what I'm going to try to do with my campaign. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you. I, I mean, I, I will you think... be coming to Utah? Will you yes. be coming to Utah? I will be coming to Utah. I don't know when. When I'm there, I'd love to sit in that studio with you, too. Wonderful. We, we invite you anytime. You're welcome. So thank you so much, and uh, we'll be following you on Twitter until we see you in Utah. Amy, Steve, thanks. Thank you very much. You're listening to Inside Sources uh, with Amy Donaldson and Steve Handy. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the, the whole trade thing, you know, right. trade issues. And uh, we have some guests coming on from the World Trade Center, Utah. Um, you're listening to Inside Sources with KSL Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.